What is good, everyone, and welcome to the We Just Talk Wrestling Podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm here with Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. We have a loaded show for you guys today, but as always, we'll break down the weekly shows, going over any stories from all the different promotions. We will be listing our favorite Money in the Bank moments, if we get to that, plus breaking down this year's event. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WJTW19, and give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you use to listen to the show. Dylan, unfortunately, there was only one story that we're going to talk about, uh, and then there's another one we'll talk about in just a little bit. But uh, would you like to explain to the audience what exactly happened? All right, so uh, strap in. There's a lot of details to go over with this. So it was reported Monday, Monday morning, that Jeff Hardy had been arrested um, for a DUI. He was driving under the influence. He is now facing three charges. According to CBS, those charges are uh, driving under the influence of drugs or alcohol within the past three years, or sorry, third time within the past 10 years. My apologies. Um, also, driving with a suspended license and violating restrictions placed on his driver's license, which is obviously suspended due to his numerous DUIs. I believe he had one in 18 and 19. So, Jeff has had a very public battle with addiction in the past um a lot of drug battles during his wwe days more recently alcohol seems to be the big issue um i want to preface by saying that kyle and i have always been big jeff hardy fans and we hope the best for him and we hope that he gets the help that he needs um that being said aew has indefinitely suspended him without pay the only way he can come back to the roster, to the company, is if he completes a treatment program. There's That's like a no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's got to go to rehab. He's got to get clean. He's got to get his life straight. And then they'll welcome him back. He's not fired. He's just simply suspended until he completes that uh, treatment plan, uh, which apparently Jeff is very open to, which is kind of weird because in December when WWE offered the same thing, he simply said no. Um Maybe he wasn't under anything like they thought back in December. He clearly is now. So uh, we hope he gets the help that he needs. That being said, this should be a simply open and shut news story, right? Jeff mm-hmm. got suspend or Jeff got suspended for being arrested, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of details that have come out since the news initially broke. It's seeming like every single day up until about Wednesday or Thursday, there was a new detail. So... Apparently, there was a scheduled meet and greet at a Dave and Buster's in Florida somewhere, somewhere in the Jacksonville area, that Matt and Rebby Hardy set up. It was a meet and greet and then an acoustic performance right after uh, for Jeff. There was a strict no alcohol policy during the event. No one was to serve Jeff any drinks unless it was soda or water, basically. Um, and apparently, according to sources... That held up. He wasn't served any alcohol at the show. Matt and Rebby go to their hotel room because apparently they had a flight to catch the next morning. They were going on a like a quick trip or whatever uh, before Dynamite this week. Or so we thought. And then whatever happened after they left is simply on Jeff because he is an adult. Um, they've actually come out publicly and they said, look, we can't babysit him 24-7. He made his own choices. We wish him nothing but the best. You know, they're very sympathetic, but also like, dude, come on. 
Originally, it was thought that Jeff was arrested around 9.45 at night. It turns out he was arrested around 9 o'clock in the morning and didn't get booked until 9.45 p.m., so just a little after noon. He told the cop during his roadside uh, sobriety test that he was on his way to a brain scan, which is scary considering AEW had the Hardys booked for a ladder match this week. Makes you wonder if did they know how banged up Jeff was? We know there's a lot of reports that he was banged up after the Darby Allen match. Rumors circulated that he was concussed in the Bucks match at Double or Nothing. Did AEW not know the severity of Jeff's injury? Is there something going on? Or is, I don't want to like uh, accuse them of this, but was there negligence of like, did they care? Um, I don't want to speculate and say that's the case. I'd like to think that they had no idea. Um, but Jeff saying he's on his way to a brain scan makes you wonder, did that cloud his judgment? You know, there's, there, there's so much going on and, Mild concussion, major concussion, whatever, it can do a lot of things. It's more than just a headache. It can, mm. you know, cloud judgment. It can, you know, there, 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 there's so much going on. And like I said, we wish Jeff nothing but the best, but this dominated wrestling headlines all week up until about Thursday. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, Jeff, um, He's not going to listen to this, obviously, but like I said, Kyle and I, we, we, we've we loved him since we were kids, and we hope that he gets his life straight. And It just seems to be an ongoing battle with him, and I hope he eventually wins this battle. Um, but it's it's scary stuff right now. And now he's, he's putting more people in danger. Like I said, this happened during the day. It's not mm-hmm. like the roads were cleared. People are going to work at 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, and he, there were three 911 calls or something like that reported about his erratic driving. And that's why he was stopped. And he was so erratic when the police actually showed up, they had to draw their guns to get him to stop the car and turn it off. So very scary situation. I hope Jeff, um, gets it all figured out. And, um, Tony Khan putting his foot down saying, Hey, we're not going to tolerate this. Um, I, I commend that. I think that was the right move. Like I said, he's not fired. They're hoping that then and, and apparently they're going to fund the treatment too good from what i hear um they're going to help him throughout everything and whenever he's clean and and clears his treatments and stuff um he's going to be back in AEW's good graces but uh i know there's a lot to unravel i went on for about seven minutes there but um what do you think about that Man, it's just a, it just sucked that yeah. this all happened it's very lucky to him that he didn't hurt or kill somebody in the process of doing that but mm-hmm. uh you know, I think that um, he didn't accept the WWE, but now does now. Because Dylan, this probably is his last chance. Yep. WWE's not going to take him back. Nope. Where, where is he going to go if AEW doesn't take him back? You yep. think Impact's going to do that again? No way. Nope. So this is probably his last shot. And uh, I'll, I'll get into the ladder match here in a little bit. But uh, it's just it's just unfortunate. Uh, I, we, you and I, I have I, loved this guy. So it's, yeah. just, it's very just unfortunate. And uh, like you said, I, I hope he gets better. Yeah, um, it's hey, this is something that a lot of people deal with on the re- on a regular basis. It's say what you want, addiction is a disease, and 
hope that he gets what he needs um, to get right on the straight and narrow. But, um, yeah, we're rooting for you, Jeff. Just, um, God, it just sucks. I don't know how to how to really feel about it, to be honest. And time will tell if he yep. uh, goes along with it or not. But right. uh, but I do commend uh, AW for getting the help that needs. But mm-hmm. we are, uh, are going to move on. Um, we're going to go to AEW. Uh, so we're going to start with Rampage. So uh, John Moxley defeated Dante Martin. Uh, Jade Cargill successfully defending her TBS title against Willow Nightingale. And in the main event, Darby Allen beat Bobby Fish in a really good match. And we saw the return of Sting. And uh, good thing Tony Schiavone wasn't there, Dylan, or I would have just stopped watching. <laughs> anyway, it's Sting! Yeah, I there know. So, Excalibur tried to do it, but it wasn't as annoying as that. Yeah, but uh, going on to Dynamite, uh, Chris Jericho defeats Ortiz with the help from Sammy Guevara as Ortiz was forced to shave his head, and he started doing it himself, and then he cut himself. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Will Ospreay beat Dax Harwood, absolute barn burner of a match. Kudos to both guys. Great stuff. Uh, Miro beat Ethan Page to advance to a forbidden door for the Fatal 4-Way. That and, was a fun and, match, too. It was very fun. Ethan Page is really good. Yep. Uh, in the main event, the Young Bucks defeated Jurassic Express uh, in a very fun ladder match that uh, I don't know why. So it was a ladder match, but there was tables all around it. I didn't really understand that because it wasn't in TLC. Whatever the case was, mm-hmm. um, it was a very fun match. Uh, but Dylan... It was after the match that I caught the headlines as Christian Cage turns on Jungle Boy, setting mm-hmm. up that feud for the future. I like the heel turn. Christian can be a really good asset for AEW, and he could put over Jungle Boy very well. The Young Bucks winning the belts was not shocking, at least to me. Um, AEW just didn't do a great job with uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus mm-hmm. as the champions. But the one thing I came out of this, Dylan, was... Was this supposed to be the Hardys? Yep. Or was it going to be the Bucks the whole time? To me, I think it was Matt and Jeff winning here. Yep. Um, I, I, I agree with that. If the Hardys were in this match, that probably would have been their, like, last hurrah, because let's be mm-hmm. honest, they are, they're both getting up there in age. And due to the style that they wrestle, their bodies are a little more beat up than yeah. most people at their age. People forget that Jeff is in his, what, early to mid-40s? Well, so is Randy yeah. Orton, but they wrestle very different styles, and Randy doesn't seem as beat up. Um, yeah. Well, we thought. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I I would have predicted that the Hardys won here, get yeah. a nice little two-ish month run with it, and then the Bucks probably win it all out in another Hardy versus Bucks match for the title. So you get that more of a headline feel than just a dream match. Um, that would have been my prediction, but – Given the belt to the Bucks, it's it's definitely the safe option here. Christian, in my opinion, was always going to turn on Jungle Boy. Yes, in this match or at least yeah. post match. So whether it was the Hardys or the Bucks post match, I feel was <coughs> always going to be the same. Yep, um, and I feel like it was done really well. And those two will put on a fine match. Christian can still go even at a limited capacity, mm-hmm. and Jungle Boy is slowly becoming one of my like dark horse favorites in the ring. Just needs to work on the character, I think. Yeah. But Christian will bring that out of him, I I think. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty good week for AEW. There was yeah. a lot of ups and downs, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Osprey, Hardwood was great. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks, um, 
this match was very fun. Um, I even thought Derby Fish was really, really good. Yeah. So, uh, just I, ups and downs for AW. Yeah, I did want to touch on the hair versus hair match. So, whenever these are done in wrestling, especially in WWE, they're done very hokey and very comedic. Yeah. Um, this really played to the feud. Yeah. Um, the fact that Ortiz was like, all right, I'm a man of my word, fuck it. And he cut his own hair instead of like being dragged to the barber's chair mm-hmm. um, and forcefully shaved, you know, to get the laugh. Like this really played into the feud, I felt like, and was done very well. And the match itself was fine. Um, they are going to wrestle at Blood and Guts. That was announced in a couple weeks. Uh, the f- what? The five on five or whatever? The three on three? What? Yeah. Uh, how are they actually going to break that down now with uh, Guevara lining up with uh, Jericho now? Um, Is he replacing someone or like what are we? What are we doing? Well, the only guy that he could replace would be, I mean, two point is a team, so yep. the only he could replace Garcia, I wouldn't. And you can't right. replace Hager because he's the size. Exactly. So I don't think Sammy's in this match. I don't because he doesn't really fit. He doesn't really fit any of the feud besides one. Besides what happened, interference, one yeah. interference, and I think it was mainly for the Forbidden Door stuff. So I don't think he's in right. the match. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But um, yep. yeah, good stuff from AEW this week. Considering yep. everything that happened early in the week, they really did a good job putting on good programming. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, speaking of good programming, <laughs> now we're going to go into Dylan with the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go straight to Monday Night Raw. I don't want to hear anything about SmackDown. Well, we got to talk about SmackDown. <laughs> but, <on>. um, <clears throat> so, there was a edition of Miz TV. Oh, my God. Where Paul Heyman was the special guest to hype up Roman Reigns' <laughs> rare appearance on WWE programming that happened on Friday. <laughs> um, Paul Heyman added a stipulation to the Riddle-Reigns match saying that if Riddle were to lose, he will never be able to challenge Roman Reigns for the title again. Mm-hmm. Very original. Yeah, great. <laughs> yep. Um, Seth Rollins had a backstage segment where he called Cody Rhodes a poison to WWE, and he had a sledgehammer in hand, which obviously was reference to what happened the week prior where he attacked Cody um, in his little farewell speech with the sledgehammer. Uh, AJ Styles interrupted and said, or uh, there was an exchange about Money in the Bank. Rollins said he will go through Styles if he has to to be in Money in the Bank. That starts a brawl and eventually leads to a main event, which I'll get to later. Um, speaking of Riddle, by the way, he did defeat Tommaso Ciampa in singles action with an RKO. Tommaso's done. Yeah. Um, Ezekiel defeated Kevin Owens via countout. Um, Owens threw a temper tantrum on the outside, calling him Elias again and again and again, where Ezekiel seemingly fed up with it said, well, how about this? Elias will be on raw next week to perform a concert to prove that we are different people. Interesting. They're probably going to put, they're probably going to put him in a fucking fake beard. Let's be real. Right. They're probably bringing, um, what's his name back? Damian Sandow. Oh, oh my god, day. Hey, hey, if he came out, I'd pop, brother. Um, <laughs> and in the main event of Raw, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles wrestled in a Money in the Bank qualifying match. This was an absolute banger. 
Um, that's what you get when you put two of the top Dang performers yeah. in the world in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it happened on Raw and not on a pay-per-view where these two probably should be, but still good stuff. Rollins did pick up the win and has qualified for the men's money in the bank match. I believe at the moment of Raw airing, he was the first qualifier. Yes, he was. McIntyre and Sheamus did a double count out. Yep. That's Monday Night Raw. Okay. So So, uh, what's next? um, (laughs) Well, we have SmackDown next. Wait, do you Uh, want to do SmackDown or do you want to do the big news first? Because I think that the big news goes into the beginning of SmackDown, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's just knock that out. So um, I mentioned that Jeff Hardy dominated headlines throughout the week until about Thursday. That's because around Thursday or Friday, or sorry, Wednesday or Thursday, somewhere around there. I think it was Friday um, morning. Was it Friday morning? No, it had to be like Wednesday or Thursday. Anyway. Yep. (laughs) The WWE, it's not funny. No, it's not. It's not, but it's just baffling how hectic the wrestling week was in news-wise. The board of directors in WWE put Vince McMahon under investigation because there were anonymous emails sent to them about a former employee with the company um, in recent years that had an affair with Vince McMahon. He apparently after she left the company, paid her $3 million in hush money and then made her sign a non-disclosure agreement, basically barring her from ever talking about it publicly. Hmm. Um, so uh, this, this had a lot of twists and turns too. It wasn't, apparently it wasn't just Vince McMahon. It was Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis mm-hmm. who at the time was still um, head of talent relations according to this. So the woman apparently was hired as a paralegal. It didn't really specify what year, um, but she was brought in on a $100,000 salary. Apparently that salary doubled after started. This obviously led a lot of people to, well, Vince is married, right? Vince and Linda. Mm Mm-hmm. Now news is breaking that Vince and Linda have not lived together for apparently decades. Yeah. Um, And that they're just simply together for like publicity reasons that they're not actually together together. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to see. So CNN, CNN, TMZ, a bunch of people broke this because Vince being a big business conglomerate. I mean, WWE is a multi-billion dollar company. They broke the news. TMZ um, also had a lot of things to say about it as well. This all led to Friday morning. Vince McMahon steps down as Mm -hmm. WWE CEO. Stephanie McMahon is going to step in at least on an interim basis. She's going to be the uh, CEO of the company and the uh, chairwoman of the board. So she's basically taking Vince's role. Vince is not done with the company However, he still has majority like voting control over stock and creative control. He's just uh, no longer CEO right now um, until they find a replacement. <sighs> There's just, uh, this is wild. Wild. Not only is this a high-ranking executive in wrestling, this is arguably the executive in wrestling, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Vince 
McMahon. I mean, yeah. he's he's a he's a recognizable name even if you don't follow wrestling. If you don't watch WWE, if you don't follow the wrestling community, you've heard the name Vince McMahon. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah. Um this is just a a black eye for the uh for the company, to be yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he paid her off and stuff like that, I, it's just uh, just a lot of a lot of dark stuff happened in wrestling this week, Kyle. I so, say this. Oh, go on. Oh, what, what were you about to say? No, I, I was going to go into my spiel, but once you finish first, I'll go into it. Well, go ahead because mine leads right into SmackDown. Oh, okay. So yeah. what I got is so this investigation is really going to come down to if Vince used company money to pay her off. Besides her or him just going out of pocket, mm-hmm. I think. Because if he used company money, then he's, he's probably going to lose creative rights. He's going to lose a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a, just a very wild. Now, Stephanie, I have all the trust in the world that she will do fine. The problem is, since Vince currently has control, she's a nothing, Exactly. Nothing's going to change. Yep. yep. Um, now, if. If something were to happen and he lost the control, let's be honest, Dylan, there's only one person that Stephanie's going to hire in creative. Is it? Hang on. Let me ask. Does his name have three letters in it? Yes, it does. It is the guy who led the best brand ever in professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. It is Triple H. I hear they're good friends, too. Stephanie and Triple H. Yeah, apparently they met each other a couple times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, dude, it, I, I, we're not going to get excited. Right. If I get the notification that Triple H takes over WWE Creative, I, I'm going to come on here with a bombshell. I'm going to go <laughs> viral. Dude, I am. Dude, oh, I, see, I, you can't get excited because what we saw last night. Mm-hmm. But, no, listen, I... Hopefully this gets you situated, but as a fan, man, I, I'd love to have Triple H creative control, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about yeah, that. Well, but, um, as, I want to clarify that part of it. That's all just speculation. There's no signs necessarily pointing that that might happen. Yes. Like I said, Vince, as of now, still has creative control, but... And um, according to CNN, I'm kind of reading it here that Vince is going to cooperate as much as, or he's he's going to cooperate 100 percent with the investigation. He kind of has no choice, right? Like they already busted him. Yeah. For at least doing that part of it. Now, like you said, I didn't even think of that aspect. Was this company money? Like, did he pull it out of like the company's funds, budget, stuff like that, or did he just pay out of pocket with his own? I think that's the investigation. Funds. I feel like that's what's going to happen. They're also probably going to investigate, I would assume, if there's more employees yeah. that there might have been some misconduct with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to uh, say, as of now, not that this lessens the situation. It's still pretty serious what's going on. Um, I'm not reading anything about sexual misconduct Yes, which is good. This uh, from from all signs are pointing that this was a consensual relationship, but I'm sure yeah. the board is going to be investigating on if there were more issues, um, more affairs, and possibly some misconduct involved. But the fact that he paid her off to make her shut up—that's not a good sign. 
Um, and if he used company money, he's he's losing control. Yeah, he's losing if he's control. if yep. he if if he used company funds, goddamn! Like if you're taking that out of the budget, we probably could have Bray Wyatt by now. Shit. Yeah. Is that where all the? Because now I'm seeing a lot of people go. Where's that? Is that why WWE's cutting, <laughs> doing, doing all the budget cuts? Is because Vince is out here paying off a bunch of people. Yeah. Because he's you know sleeping around with a bunch of them. It's I don't a, know. It's, it's, a, a, it's a lot a, of. It's a messed up theory, but honestly, could happen. But there is a dark cloud over WWE right now. And just that leads wrestling me, in general. But go on. Yeah, it leads me straight to SmackDown, where Vince was scheduled to appear. Oh, a lot of speculation on what would happen. Is Vince going to announce on TV that he's stepping down as CEO? Is Stephanie going to come out and take over? Are they going to address the uh, the incident at all? Are they going to address the investigation at all? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Kyle, he came out and said, welcome to SmackDown, threw the microphone and left. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all he did. He yep. mentioned um, WWE runs a signature before every show that says, uh, then, now, forever, together. And then he said, welcome to SmackDown. Yep. That's it. That's all. That's all we got. Um, I do, I do want to say before I talk about the rest of SmackDown, there were fans and stuff singing along to the theme song and like clapping with them and like loving them. I don't know if it's the right time for all that right now. I get that. Like, that's the wrestling thing. Now that's the end thing to sing the theme songs. And Vince has a very catchy one. Was it just me or did you get a weird, like, we shouldn't be doing this right now considering the news that broke or was it? Or was that just me? I, I actually got the vibe that this might be one of the last big Is this the last or, appearance? It, that's this? what I'm kind of feeling that this was like his last big pop. Mm-hmm. I don't that that's what I got out of it. Because he came out like a face. Like he did yeah. his whole like arms out. He was doing character walk. Yep. That's what it seemed <laughs> to me. It it seemed to me like it, it seems to me that there's a lot more to this than we I, have now. I, I get that. I get what you're saying. To me, I probably wouldn't have had Vince appear at all if he no. wasn't going to publicly step down. Not for, like, the embarrassment part of it, but, yeah. like, I, to me, it was kind of distasteful. It, oh, in, yeah. In, in, yeah. in my honest opinion, I probably would have had Vince not appear at all unless he was going to publicly apologize and step down publicly but we still don't know all the information yet yes but like you said this could be vince's last hurrah i just don't know i'm not i'm not a massive fan but anyway let's go the rest of the show rest of the show so um baron corbin and madcap moss wrestled in a last laugh match i still don't know what it it was just a match right well the the only thing about it did you see the ending yeah, I'm going to talk about that, but the match okay. itself was just a match. Right? Well, it was just a match, and the the whole spot was for the ending. So at the end, uh, Moss did defeat Corbin, by the way, in the last laugh match. Afterwards, uh, Corbin gets on the mic. He yells at Pat McAfee Ugh, for calling God. him a bum over and over on commentary. So Pat gets on the mic, calls him a bum again, and then laughs at him. That's it. That's what we got. The arena laughed at Corbin. McAfee's on the mic. <laughs> and his very obnoxious laugh that he has. He called him bum-ass Corbin again, which has kind of been the meme. Um, this is leading 
Pat's going to wrestle at SummerSlam, right? Yeah, it's Corbin, uh, Pat. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean. I'm not excited for it. I know, I know you're not. Um, I probably wouldn't do this match either. But Pat has shown that he can, he can go in spots. That's and not, Corbin is a safe worker, too. That's not the issue. It's, the issue it's stupid. That's what it's, it is. It's your lack of creative. And we'll, yes. we'll get to lack of creative here in a second. Yeah. So um, I'm with you. I think it's stupid. You don't have to do a Corbin McAfee feud. Because then he's going to lose. Pat's going to win. Then he loses to an announcer. <laughs> yeah. And well, it didn't, didn't seem to hurt Theory that much. But also, Austin yeah. Theory is on a different level compared to Baron Corbin. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Corbin needs the win. Theory can get by without the win. I guess yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but that's what we're leading to. It's going to be McAfee Corbin at SummerSlam, July 30th. Um, <clears throat> Raquel Rodriguez defeated Shayna Baszler in a Money in the Bank qualifying match. This was terrible. Dude, Shayna dominated 80% of this match and lost on one move. Yeah. One move she lost. I get it. You're going to do uh, Shayna Ronda at some point. So you don't need her. I don't think they are now. I don't. I'm not. Listen, with who you have in the match, you have Alexa, you have Lacey, you have Liv. Mm -hmm. How you need a physical presence, intimidating presence like Shayna. Yeah. This 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 was not good. This was really really bad. I'm with you. Here's what I would have done, and we'll dive a little more when we talk about Money in the Bank, but I would have put them in separate qualifying matches and have them in together. Yeah, why isn't Aaliyah because, facing? Because Raquel is a powerful presence. She is a powerhouse. But having them lock horns for the briefcase, I feel like would have been more compelling than just a qualifying match, mm-hmm. if it were me. Um, but yeah, Raquel Rodriguez is in the... Uh, you know what? I'm done calling her that. It's Raquel Gonzalez. I, she's in the she's in the Money in the Bank match. This was terrible. Adam, Pierce, a decent match, but go on. yeah, match was fine. Uh, Adam Pierce announced that both Drew McIntyre and Sheamus will be in the Money in the Bank match due to their double countout. Good, They're not going to have a rematch. He just says, "Fuck it, you're both in it." Then, yep, uh, that's absolutely the right move. And then the main event: Roman Reigns versus Riddle for the undisputed <laughs> WWE Universal Championship. Oh my god. <laughs> The match itself was good. This should have been at Money in the Bank. Really? This I was... thought it was a little underwhelming. So, Roman was a little underwhelming. Riddle and the, and the energy that he has. Oh, yeah. I'm with it. A very gritty performance on his part should have been at Money in the Bank. Should have been on that stage. Just Not going to matter well. now. Well, no, it's not. So uh, Roman Reigns <laughs> defeated Riddle to successfully retain. Out comes break the glass in case of emergency Brock Lesnar. Oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> it is now set that Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns will compete for the undisputed title at Kyle SummerSlam. SummerSlam. And not, not money in the bank. And who's excited about this? Vince. But as a <laughs> as a consumer, I'm when not. we saw that as a consumer, Dylan, you have you just went to a show. Like mm-hmm. as a consumer that we got this match two months ago. 
Mm-hmm. How can you be excited for something like this? It's not even like a long-term feud. Like, no. you know, the, the three matches with Cody and Seth, this was you know, stop and start, and it, it just feels like an emergency feud because they it don't is. have anyone else. So, but the thing is, they have – it was going to be Randy here. That's that, awesome. that's what yep. it was reported. But let's be honest. The, the titles <laughs> technically are not unified, or no. they would have one title. Correct. So, technically, Roman could show up on Raw. Mm-hmm. So, you do not need Brock. Correct. What about Bobby? What about AJ Styles? Seth? What about Edge? Uh, yeah. Finn, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, it is very frustrating because we get the same thing over and over and over again. And the thing is, Dylan, the match isn't going to be bad. No. But we've seen it 14 times, so it, it's lost its boring. glory. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just boring. And uh, it's just a very safe, was, and I think it's honestly pretty pathetic. It was like, it's like when Orton and Cena had match after match from like 07 to 09. The matches were never bad, but it's like, come on, you guys can be more creative than this. You know what I mean? Not, they can't now. Um, this is definitely a panic move. Yeah. By WWE. Cody Rhodes is projected to be out for six months with the PEC. Um, it was reported this week that Randy Orton is expected to miss the rest of the year. He was supposed to play a big part in the summer plans. The fact that we're just now talking about Randy Orton's injury shows how chaotic the wrestling week was, by the way. Yeah. That should have been the headline, right? Yeah. We should have kicked off the show with Orton's injury. We're talking about it 33 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is just a panic move by WWE. And also, as a consumer, I said this last week, you know, I went to Hell in a Cell. The titles were not defended. The titles were not defended at Backlash. They're not going to be defended at Money in the Bank. We already know that. Mm-hmm. So Roman wins and, and supposedly unifies the belts, even though they're not unifies them at mania early april right april 3rd yeah he's not wrestling he's not putting his title on the line on a pay-per-view stage until july 30th and he just wrestled this match against riddle his first title defense in almost or in over two months Mm -hmm. they don't give a shit no so why should we give a shit yep they're just skipping over money in the bank which i think is a joke to begin with, because it was reported that WWE was considering Money in the Bank part of the now Big Five. Right? It was supposed to be Rumble, Mania, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, Money in the Bank. Those were the Big Five now. They're not, because they don't give a shit. Um, Like I said, Riddle and Reigns should have been at the pay-per-view. It wasn't. That was stupid. And Roman's not going to defend the title again until the end of July, which, as of right now, He's got six weeks. Yep, and just because he didn't want him. Yeah, because he <laughs> wants a light schedule. The match itself is going to be whatever. It's just build up a new star. Don't just do the same shit over and over. I'm happy we still have Cowboy Brock, by the way. That's great, but I could care less. No, it's it's just it's bad. It's really, really bad writing here. And you can tell that Vince Lazy is still definitely writing. in charge. Yes. <laughs> Well, that was, that was the big meme coming out of SmackDown was, in case anyone was wondering if Vince has creative control or not, just look at the main event of SmackDown. 
Yep. And, um, you'll and get look your how Santa was booked. Yep. Yep. That's All it. right. So uh, yeah, we definitely went a little long here, but um, so we're gonna we're gonna start speeding up just a little bit. We're gonna go to the indies with Kyle. Don't are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. So this week I will be highlighting the world famous Monster Factory Pro Wrestling based out of Paulsboro, New Jersey. They had a show I'm very excited to cover, so let's get into it. Uh, Jafar defeated MSG to retain the MFPW Middleweight Medallion. Uh, Xander defeated Brian Morris with a big power slam. Very entertaining match. I really enjoyed this one. Michael Z defeated Westfield Kelly to win the MFPW Arena Championship with a cradle pin. And in the main event, a tag team match with Bobby Buffet in <laughs> LSG facing Travis Jacobs in Goldie. Uh, I love the exchange between Goldie and Bobby. Very physical back and forth. The match had great pacing. Uh, Jacobs came in and grounded LSG, but the MPFW champion, Bobby Buffet, gets tagged in. The match really picks up. Uh, Goldie selling off the swinging neckbreaker was very impressive. But in the end, the animosity takes over and both teams turn on each other and they just start brawling in the ring with the ref calling off the match. I really like the ending here. Even if two guys are in a team and, you know, they're a part of the feud, which this was, who cares? Just beat the crap out of each other. Who cares about the match? You know what I mean? Because it just furthers the feud. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, make sure you check out MFPW on YouTube with my MVP being Brian Morris. He has a really high wrestling IQ, especially in the, in the match, grounding the bigger opponent, sleepers, chopping the legs. He is very believable. And we don't see that a lot nowadays. Again, go check out MFPW on YouTube. And that is Monster Factory Pro Wrestling based out of Paulsboro, New Jersey, with Brian Morris being the MVP. Good stuff there. We will be sure to tag both the promotion and Kyle's MVP like we do every single week. So you guys give them a like and a follow. Show them some love. We do what we can to promote independent wrestling. Because, quite frankly, it's a lot better than mainstream wrestling, to be honest with you. Especially right now. Exactly. Um, but good stuff. All right, Dylan, would you like to start with the Day in History segment? Ah, yes. This will be a fun one. So, um, we're recording this episode on June 18th. So, that is what I did all the This Day in History for. Okay. I've got one, two, three, four, six things to tackle. So, uh, let's dive right in. All right. June 18th, 1995, WCW ran their Great American Bash pay-per-view. It was main evented by Ric Flair and Randy Savage. Flair picked up the win after he attacked Randy Savage with a cane. Hmm. That's it. Um, June 18th, 2001, there was an ongoing storyline for multiple weeks that someone was stalking the Undertaker's wife. This was during the uh, American Badass Undertaker, by the way. Uh, there was a masked man, rode a motorcycle down to the ring, hopped in the ring, tore the mask off. It was none other than Diamond Dallas Page making his WWE debut. A very shitty storyline, but um, he got a massive pop from the crowd. This was obviously after WCW had folded, mm-hmm. I believe. Um and he was probably the biggest star to sign with WWE post-WCW folding. Uh, so he gets a massive pop. DDP debuts in WWE. 
In 2005, June 18th, 2005, CM Punk defeated Austin Aries for the Ring of Honor World title. This actually shocked a lot of people considering it was already announced that CM Punk was signing with WWE. This actually kicked off the Summer of Punk storyline, the first Summer of Punk storyline, not the shitty WWE version. Uh, Punk, after winning the title, cuts a heel promo, um, says the famous line of the devil's greatest trick was proving to everyone that he was fake or something like that. I'm paraphrasing there. Uh, Then he ends up signing his WWE contract on the belt itself. Um, I believe a couple weeks after. So this kicked off a really fun independent storyline, put ring of honor on the map outside of just fun match after fun match after fun match in 2006 TNA ran their slam anniversary pay-per-view it was main evented by one of Kyle's favorite match types, the King of the mountain match. Love it. In which Jeff Jarrett won the NWA world title by defeating Christian cage, abyss, Ron killings and sting. In the main event, Ron Killings, for those who don't know, is now our truth. I really like this match. Very fun. Go and watch Truth stuff in TNA and tell me that that man isn't capable of being like a serious main event player. He's very entertaining, but he had some really good moments in TNA. Dylan, he's with the company. What about the winner, Double J? In 2000. (laughs) In 2017, WWE ran their Money in the Bank pay-per-view. The reason why I added this to the list, not much happened on the show itself. It did, however, feature the first ever women's Money in the Bank match that was won by Carmella with an asterisk because it was actually a man who took the briefcase down. Next. (sighs) James Ellsworth climbs the ladder, takes the briefcase, and throws it down to Carmella. That's how the first women's Money in the Bank match ended. Next. They ended up doing a rerun of it on SmackDown because people really pissed off. And And finally, yeah, and Carmella did end up winning, so she keeps the briefcase anyway. And finally, so Carmella's actually a two-time winner, right? I, I try to erase that from my memory. Next. <laughs> and June 18th is also the Brandon Cutler's birthday. That's cool. I love Brandon Cutler. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to throw that in there just for you. I love Brandon Cutler. He's actually one of my favorites on AEW right now. Is he in your um, Power 5? Uh, unfortunately, he's not because I don't believe he had a match or anything to – I don't even think he was on Dynamite this week. He should be but, on your uh, Power 5 every week. He's great. But, uh, yeah, that's good stuff, Dylan. Good, good stuff. Um, so, Dylan, are you ready for my uh, top Power 5 rankings this week? Yes, sir. All right. So, let's get into it with number five. Layla Gray, the current OVW Women's Champion, had a really solid week, picking up victories over Crystal White and Ari Alexander, but she continues to raise the women's division to new heights in OVW. She also had a singles match on SmackDown recently with Raquel Gonzalez. And she really held her own. This is someone who has the look. She has a very aggressive offensive approach. And someone who I hope gets more shine because she really deserves it. Uh, Number four goes to Satoshi Kojima. What a week this guy had. Capturing the GHC heavyweight title against Go Shiozaki. The 51-year-old wrestled a 21-minute banger Hmm. at Cyber Fight Festival event. To finally get a title he has never won in his career. 
Kojima over the last two years has wrestled at Impact and AEW. Uh, just bringing his Japanese old school approach. I'm really hoping that we see him more in New Japan in the near future because he's uh, he's still uh, got some stuff in the tank. Uh, number three, he goes to Dax Harwood. I know he is known for his tag team work with FTR, but he has shown that he can hold his own as a singles competitor against anyone at a very high level. Mm-hmm. In tag action, FTR defeated the American Wolves and the team of Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman Jr. this week. However, it was his match on Dynamite that got all the headlines, uh, taking Will Ospreay to the absolute limit. Harwood is an absolute superstar, and I personally would not mind if he held singles gold one day in AEW. Mm-hmm. Number two goes to Trevor Murdoch at the NWA Always Ready event. He defeated Aaron Stevens in four minutes, but he learned his night was not over. Due to Matt Cardona's injury, there was a fatal four-way match for the vacant NWA title, with him facing Tom Latimer, Sam Shaw, and Nick Aldis. Banger of a contest, but Murdoch was able to capture the title for the second time. And I think it was the right move, as he probably will be a placeholder champion until Cardona returns and is healthy. Mm-hmm. Trevor has only ascended his career as a single star, and he has the right choice to lead the NWA on his back for now and maybe feud with Nick Aldis here in the near future. Uh, number one goes to Taya Valkyrie. What Ooh. a historic week it was for Taya. First, she beat Taryn Terrell in singles action, I believe at the NWA tapings, but she also was on MLW's tapings this week as she defeated Holly dead to become the first ever MLW women's featherweight champion. She also holds gold in AAA, plus she is the current HOW Women's Champion, and she's held that for 853 days. She continues to be one of the most consistent wrestlers today because you can put her anywhere, and she will succeed. Well, besides NXT 2.0, because that's a joke anyway. But (laughs) if you... I just wanted to give Taya a big shout out for holding the titles and being the first ever women's champion in the MLW. So uh, that is the power five this week. MLW is doing a really good job at building their women's division. And I'm happy they now have a title to actually fight for. Yep. Um, She's also kind of becoming the similar trajectory of what uh, Cardona's, or was doing before his injury, collecting belt after belt after belt, every promotion he went. Yep. Um, so good stuff from her. I do want to touch on Harwood and Murdoch, two guys who, to my knowledge, more known for tag team action, really shining in singles action, like you mentioned. Remember when we were kids, Trevor Murdoch and the, the Cade and Murdoch yeah. tag team with Lance Cade wasn't really great, but you know that's what I remember him as. So I remember when he was – you know, when he first won the NWA title, what, several months ago or what, last year or something like yep. that. Um, I'm going to be honest. I kind of forgot he was still wrestling. I told um, you about that, didn't I? Yeah. Didn't yeah. I? We talked about it on the show. Um, no, didn't, didn't I send you the text that Murdoch won or did you see a notification? I can't remember. Are you talking about when he first won? or the Yeah, when he won? first won. The first one. You probably told me. Yeah. To be honest. And I think we talked about it on this. Yep. Um. And Dax Harwood, hey, I would love to see him inserted in that uh, TNT picture sooner yeah. rather than later. You don't have to break up a tag team to make a single star. No. You can easily have FTR still doing what they're doing and have Dax compete because he put on a uh, 
he's put on great matches lately in the uh, Owen Hart qualifier. He had a great match with Punk several months ago, and now with uh, Will Ospreay. He's killing it. Yeah. He really is. Good stuff. Great list. Yep, and he even beat his uh, tag team partner in singles action. So Yeah, that was yeah. the that was the qualifier match, right? I believe so. Yeah, it was a that, that was a great match. Oh god, it's cool. great. Anything that he does has just been great. And I'm gonna give him a lot of uh praise later this year. But uh yeah. just don't be don't that. be shocked if Dax Harwood pops up on Kyle's uh power five again. Just, oh yeah. Well, FTR will most likely pop up as a duo, but don't be shocked if you hear Dax Harwood in a in a singles role pop up on Kyle's yeah. list. He's uh he's doing some really good stuff. And probably not the last time you're gonna hear Taya either, just because I, I love her work. But And just wait for Cody to come back. Yeah. Okay. Got six months. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dylan. So that's the power five this week. Um mm-hmm. it is now time for our money in the bank discussion. Mm-hmm. First we will talk about our favorite money in the bank moments and then we're gonna break down this year's money in the bank event. So, Dylan, we're going to start the conversation with what is your favorite Money in the Bank match? We talking about the ladder match itself? You just a lot the Money in the Bank briefcase ladder match. Yeah. So, the one that sticks in my head a lot is the uh, Money in the Bank match from WrestleMania 24. I okay. think, to my knowledge, that was the first Money in the Bank match I ever watched. That's the one where Punk wins for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shelton Benjamin gets thrown off the ladder and does like a swan dive through another ladder. I thought that was sick. Yep. Uh, John Morrison hits the moonsault off the top rope to the crowd below. I think uh, Jericho puts someone in a walls of Jericho on top of a ladder. Morrison. Yeah, it was Morrison. Uh, Matt Hardy returned to WWE that night um, and twist of fate MVP off the ladder. Just a lot of really cool moments. I'd probably put that as number one. Okay. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put that at number one. Mania 25 is probably a close second, though. There were back-to-back bangers is that, <laughs> at, at those WrestleManias. But is that because CM Punk won again? <laughs> well, that's just coincidental. But those ma- <laughs> Look, I mean, you you watched the Mania 25 match in person. That's a, oh, that was dude, a that great is, open. It, it's, my, it's my second favorite one ever. Yeah, it's it's it yeah it's probably my second favorite i'm gonna put mania 24 as my first due to the fact that that's the one i remember the most easily. so dylan my favorite money in the bank match easily was the one from wrestlemania 23 <laughs> jeff hardy matt hardy randy yep. orton edge mr kennedy finley booker t cm punk this match ruled it was a fight mm-hmm. from the start the nasty spot where Edge threw the stepladder to see him Punk's head. <laughs> yep. Oh, dude, that was nasty. Uh, the Miss Kenton, where he hit the back of his neck on the ladder. Oof. Uh, the top, uh, it was the RKO from the top on the CM Punk. The Celtic Cross on the Matt Hardy from Finley on the ladder. Oof. Uh, we had the top, ro- or, uh, top of the ladder, the book end on the range. Dude, everything cool that could have happened happened well, in this match there's but one spot obviously the spot that everyone talks about jeff hardy from the top of the ladder diving onto edge uh come on that was just incredible also another cool spot was uh was mr kennedy did a uh like a samoan drop to hornswoggle that looked brutal it was almost like a white noise doing yeah it's it's it was the um it's like a rolling senton it's no, the, not uh, really. He, it's called, the... he called it the uh, he called it the Green Bay Plunge. 
I yeah, believe. Green Bay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Kennedy was one of my favorites at the time. He defeated seven former world champions at the time as well. It was the right winner. It made everyone look fantastic. I, I loved it all, all around. WrestleMania 23 is my favorite. Yeah, the part that sticks out to me the most is the Jeff Hardy. Uh, could you call it a leg drop? I don't even know necessarily what you call it because he just kind of falls and sits on edge and then they go through the ladder. That's the spot that sticks with me the most. I think, uh, yeah, that's up there. The, you could argue that there's three bangers in a row. 23, 24, 25. Yeah. Why isn't Money in the Bank kicking off WrestleMania anymore? Money. Whatever. That's Stupid. exactly it. Uh, but yeah, I just want to start the conversation off with the uh, Money in the Bank match itself, our favorites. Um, not surprised that yours is 24. Um, but Dylan, are there any other moments that stick out to you from Money in the Bank? Um, how about RVD winning the briefcase? He was, yeah. you know, obviously ECW original. He wasn't a WWE guy, and the fact that they gave him the briefcase. Um, he was also he was the second winner, correct? Because that was Mania twenty two. Yep. Um, he's the second winner. Edge did the Money in the Bank. I think. Well, it's the way that everyone's done it since. It's the yeah. surprise. Oh, hey, look, I have this. I'm going to cash in right now when you're all beaten up. Yep. Because uh, he was a heel. RVD was a face, and he called his shot, um, which I thought was really cool. But given the briefcase to an ECW guy, not a WWE guy, I thought was a really cool move by WWE. So that sticks out a lot. Um Kofi Kingston did something at 26 where he used the ladder as stilts. Yeah, that was cool. Where the ladder split somehow, and he just kind of said, fuck it, started climbing up it, like hopping. Uh-huh. That was sick. Um, but then that ended the whole uh, Money in the Bank at WrestleMania. Stupid. Yeah, really dumb. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to still say 24 is my favorite, but to be honest, a lot of the great moments in the match itself happened on the Mania ones. Yeah. Not necessarily oh, yeah. the pay-per-view ones. Yep. Um, so, for me, real quick, Evan Bourne diving all over the place when he was able to get a shot. Mm-hmm. Awesome. One of the unsung heroes of Money in the Bank is actually Shelton Benjamin. Yes. He gets taught, you know, just getting tossed through loud, jumping off everything. Shelton Benjamin is fantastic. Um, Owens and Zane had some really nasty spots when they were a part of uh, Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. Like you uh, referred to, Jericho put Morrison in the inverted Boston Crab uh, on the top of the ladder. Um, as far as my favorite winner, Mr. Kennedy is obviously up there just because I I love Mr. Kennedy. He's mm-hmm. just absolutely phenomenal. Punk had some really good ones. Um, I'm trying to Ambrose. think. Ambrose. Yeah, Ambrose probably of the recent ones. Ambrose is probably, probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah, just because the whole story it, it just made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's probably it for my winner. That was probably my favorite winner. Um, yeah. Alberto Del Rio was pretty solid too. Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, I think I think that's it for the money in the bank. Unless you have, I got else. one. I got a question for you. Okay. So we talked about our favorite Money in the Bank matches. Yeah. We, we, we just touched on our favorite winners, at least moment. Who held the briefcase the best? Like, who, edge. who ran with it the best? Which time? You talk about the original one, like the uh, I'm gonna post, say post either, 21? 
No, no, I'm not saying the edge when he got it from Kennedy. So we're um, talking about the first one. The I'm either going to say edge. I didn't mind Ziggler's. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. It was. It's either Edge or Rollins. Yep. Um, I'm gonna say Edge. I'm, I'm I was, gonna say Edge. I was gonna say Rollins. Um, you could tell when they gave him the briefcase and that run that he went on, that heel run post winning the briefcase. He was the next big thing. He yep. was the next guy in line. It didn't just feel like a placeholder. Sometimes guys win the briefcase, and you're like, really, that guy? Like even. I kind of scoffed when you said Del Rio because he didn't do much with the title reign that he got. Yeah. Like, he held the belt for a couple months, won it again later. But, like, he didn't – like, to me, he didn't feel like the main event guy and they gave him the briefcase and a Royal Rumble win. Rollins felt like the main event guy. Like, he was the next thing in WWE. He was the post-John Cena era, which is the era we're in now, kind of that more athletic, uh, smaller wrestler that WWE's pushing. Well, I say that. In well, <laughs> but um, I think well, I, I think in recent times Rollins probably had the briefcase the best that run that he went on. I just say Del Rio just because he who he cashed in on. Oh, that was um yeah that was after uh, Punk Cena two and he cashed yep. in on Punk right at SummerSlam. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I, I Del Rio was hot back in that time too. Like yep. they were really pushing this guy. That 2011, um, yep. yeah, yeah, he was one of their main attractions back then. But uh, yeah, he also stuff. he also says he should be in the Hall of Fame. It's a fucking joke, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one more. I don't know if this is on your list of questions when we're talking okay. about the bank. Um, who had the best cash in? The cash in, yep. Uh, so just um, that that singular moment. Who had the best cash in? Rollins. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, who else are you gonna say? I, only Ambrose only one close. only one to do it at at uh, Mania. Yeah, by the way, right? Was Rollins yeah. Edge's Edge's first cash in was great. Um, Ambrose, as far as recent ones, is up there for me. The pop that he got is just outrageous. A lot of people do it on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, so I kind of like that because it adds to the surprise factor instead of just doing it on a pay per view. But Rollins by far still has the best cash in ever. Yeah, I'm never, I'm never gonna go well, away from that. To right now, he does. Maybe we'll get even a better one one day. Um, yeah, maybe when right. Balor wins the briefcase this year and fucking does it, McDemon gimmick. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that uh, <laughs> actually here in just a sec. Uh, all right, Dylan, it's now time to talk about this year's Money in the Bank matches. And before we dive in, I'm going to tell the audience what we know. Then we're mm-hmm. going to predict what we think will happen two weeks from tonight, because I think it is on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, on the women's side, Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss, Raquel Gonzalez, and Lacey Evans have qualified for the match. Next week, we have two qualifying matches, Aaliyah versus Shotzi Blackheart and Becky Lynch versus Asuka. Uh, I think that's the fourth time in two months we've actually gotten that match. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan, very quickly, who wins those two matches? Um... They're really playing into this Becky Lynch down spiral. So I think Asuka picks up the win Oof. against Lynch. And as much as I hate to say it, they're going to give Aaliyah the win over Shotzi. Oh, God, that I would be not a good choice. I don't <laughs> want that. I want Shotzi. But if you ask me to predict what they're going to do, they're probably going to put Aaliyah in there. Because you have 
Let me look at this. Well, well Dylan, there's already four no, no, faces. No, no. There's yeah, already I'm, four you faces. You know what? I'm going to switch it. I'm going to say they're going to give it to Shotzi because I was going to say they want a big baby face, but I'm looking that Bliss is a face, Morgan's a face, Rodriguez is a face, and Asuka's going to win, so she'll be the face. Evans is a heel, so they're going to need more heels in it. Fuck it. We're going to say Shotzi and Asuka are going to win those two matches. Okay. Um, I, I think Shotzi and I think Becky is going to win. Uh, I think uh, Becky beats Asuka. But uh, we can only assume right now, well, there was at one point in time that we might get Ronda Shayna. Mm-hmm. It's up in the air. I still think they do it at some point just because it's, it's too it's, – it's right there. But who knows? Who knows? But uh, with only one spot left – Well, hey, don't say that quite yet because I'm reading in front of me right now. I don't know if this is accurate. But they have Asuka versus Becky for one mm-hmm. spot, yep. Aaliyah versus Shotzi for one spot, and two more participants. Oh, wait. I thought so they the might graphic be... it's seven, Dylan. I'm reading eight right here. It could be seven. I don't know. But uh, okay, we, might, just, we might get eight. Let's stick to seven right now just because that's what okay. the graphic says. Okay. Um, so with only one spot left, because you have Shotzi and Asuka, would you like to tell the audience – who fills that last spot? Maybe give a little analysis of the match, and then who wins? So we're looking at one more spot, correct? Yes, uh, because uh, Liv, Alexa, Raquel, Lacey, Shotzi, and Asuka are for you. Okay. So I'm going to say, first off, I'm going to say how they're going to fill the spot. They're going to do some sort of last chance, I don't know, Fatal 4-Way or some dumb shit. Um, I still think... I still think they're going to put Aaliyah in it somehow. Okay. I don't like that, but I'm also looking at the women's division right now, and if Bailey doesn't show up out of injury, there's really no one to put in it. Okay, so, so you're I'm, saying Aaliyah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to say they're still going to put Aaliyah in it somehow. Based on who we have in the match, Yep. they're going to give it to Raquel. Ooh. Raquel's gonna really? win the, yeah, Raquel's going to win the briefcase based on who I have predicted in it. And her really good gimmick of smiling, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think she wins by pushing Lacey Evans off the ladder. So you give Evans that spot where she can be a very prominent heel on Raw. Okay. Still. Because uh, she is on Raw. No, she's on SmackDown now. She is she? on SmackDown. Yep. Well, that's fucking stupid. Uh, I'm still sticking with Raquel's going to win the briefcase by pushing Evans off the ladder. Okay. So, Dylan... Because they want to build Evans up, I think. That's very, very interesting that you have Raquel. Um, Dylan, you and I could not be any more different. Hey, I didn't say I liked my prediction. No, no, I don't even like mine either. (laughs) Okay. So, with the last spot, Dylan, Mm -hmm. I see Charlotte Flair being the last entrant into Money in the Bank. Well, I know she, where this should is going. Be, she should be back from her honeymoon with mm-hmm. Andrade, so Vince 100% will put her in this match over an Aaliyah or anyone like that. If Charlotte's good to go, she's going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we get Liv, Alexa, Raquel, Lacey, Shotzi, Becky, and Charlotte, so that's the seven. Um, there's only two names for me uh, that would win, and that is Charlotte and Becky. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is it for Liv, though. If they do not pull the trigger now on Liv Morgan, they never are. They're, they're, they're never going to, Dylan, and I don't think they do. I think this is pretty much it for Liv in the, in the limelight. Uh, Alexa, Lacey, Raquel, and Shotzi, to me, just aren't in a position to win right now. Um, but Dylan, walking into Vegas, my pick, and coming home with the contract is Becky Lynch. Listen, I don't want this. You know I would not want this to happen, but hear me out. I think during the Raw Women's title match, we see Bailey. I -hmm. think we see Bailey, and then they go Bianca Bailey throughout the summer instead of Bianca Becky, just because we we just, I mean, it didn't stop Brock Roman, but I don't think they want to do the same thing you add it at the same event. You don't you know want I mean? eight like, matches in a row. Exactly. Well, and you don't want two of the same match at another pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, so Becky wins money in the bank. Alexa bliss. Uh, she has a feud with her right away. I think they've been even exchanging something on Twitter. Um, so you can put Becky away from it now. And listen, I do not want this to happen, but I'm just thinking of what WWE is could do. And she might even keep it for a little bit, Dylan. Uh, mm-hmm. Charlotte does not need a briefcase to get a shot at a title. I wouldn't be shocked if they do Raquel Charlotte, if that is a few going forward. So Becky wins the briefcase, holds it for a while, and we still get Bianca Charlotte, Ronda Becky as the two big mania matches like planned. I think Liv needs to win because if she doesn't, it's over. Uh, if she's in the match, Dylan, who I want to win, who I'm going to be cheering for, Shotzi, I love her, I have for a long time. But Dylan, WWE is not creative at all, and uh, there's two names I, I fully expect to win, either Becky or Charlotte, but now I'm going to stick with Becky because I think, mm-hmm. now if, if Bailey doesn't come back, expect Charlotte to win, but I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Becky. I'm I'm sticking with Raquel and Raquel. I say she calls her shot, and it's going to be early. She'll face Ronda at SummerSlam. So face versus face. Yeah. Well, they're probably gonna Ronda's going to play the heel in that aspect because she is definitely more of a heel than a face. But yeah, it is going to be essentially face versus face. But Raquel strikes the- me as the call your shot kind of cash in, not necessarily the sneak up and win kind of cash in. Although I think that'd make a great heel turn if she did that, but and that call would her be, shot. That'd be the third time in a month and a half we'd get that match. Yes, but the first time on pay-per-view. But the first See, we've yeah. gotten we've gotten Bianca Becky at every pay-per-view this year and Brock Roman at no. every time they both decide to show up. Hey, listen, <laughs> if it's me, I put Shayna in a last chance match and have her win. But mm-hmm. I, I'm just thinking of what WWE is going to do. Remember last year, they went too out of the ordinary to, uh, with uh, Nixon and Big E. This year, they're probably going to want to go safe. Yep. So I, I fully expect Becky to win as of this second. And uh, and then we get Becky, Ronda, and uh, Charlotte Bianca as the two headliners at yeah. Russell. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say though that Raquel is an out of the ordinary. It does create a new star, and that's why she's my pick. No, I mean I'm with you, but it's WWE, yeah. so that's correct. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> on the men's side, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus have taken three of the seven spots. 
We had Nakamura versus Sami Zayn next week. And I think that's the only one confirmed for next week. Don't who yep. wins that match? Uh, honestly, you could probably just flip a coin at this point, but they're probably going to give it to Zayn. I am also going Zayn. Um, yep. So this is what we know. Brock Roman is the title few going into SummerSlam. Correct. Roman's going to win. Yeah. So Roman Drew at this time is the plan for the Clash of the Castle. Because Mm -hmm. uh, Drew McIntyre actually said it on a SmackDown, it's him and Roman at Gladstone Castle. But he's just filling time until then. So, Dylan, tell us who fills the last three spots. Give us your analysis and who walks away um, out of Vegas with the contract. Last three spots. Riddle will be in the match. Okay. Um, Theory will be in the match. Okay. And I'm going to say Owens will be in the match. I knew you were going to say Owens. Um, So that would be my seven. Mm -hmm. My winner. Yep. Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to hear my summer plan? I have this mapped out. I mean, it's probably the same same exact as mine, but go on. Um, So I have Rollins win. You set up Drew Roman at Clash at the Castle because Roman will successfully retain at SummerSlam. Brock will go away again. Yep. Drew gets the big win in the big stadium in front of his hometown crowd in the UK. What better way to make Rollins the biggest heel in the company by having him cash in at Clash at the Castle? Okay. And defeat Drew. Now you fill time. You have Drew, Seth, for the title for the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm talking October, November. Royal Rumble comes around. Someone's a special entrant. Yep. And you set up Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins at Mania for the fourth time, fourth and final time, this time for the title. Hmm. And Cody goes over. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's how Cody fulfills his destiny at Mania next year. All right. But Rollins will be the heel champion from Clash on. So he's going to get a nice, what would be that? That'd be like seven months, eight month reign. Okay. Yeah. That's my plan. All right. So with mine, um, I do think Zayn wins. Mm -hmm. Then with the last three spots, I agree. I think Riddle's going to be one of them. I just think he's got too much momentum to be left out. Too much momentum. Um, My sixth one is Omos. I think they have a plan for Oma. I don't want him in the match, but no. I, I think the way they've been pushing him, it wouldn't be a shocker if they do put Omas in the match. And then my seventh is Madcap Moss. Stop. They Stop. need another babyface in the match. I'm not saying he's going to win, but, I mean, they've been pushing him. He's been winning. So uh, Omas, Madcap, and Riddle are the three that I think they're going to add. Do I want that? No, but uh, I assume Theory Bobby happens at Money in the Bank for the U.S. title, so they need a face, and even though he just lost Riddle, I mean, you can easily do a story of if Riddle would somehow win, he could just wait till Roman loses it, or if he, you know what I mean? Uh, Omos, Madcap, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Riddle, and Sami Zayn. To me, this comes down to either Drew or Rollins. But with Drew already saying in a promo, he gets Roman at Clash of the Castle. 
Seth Rollins is going to be this year's Money in the Bank winner. Um, think about it. He lost three straight matches to Cody. I can't see him losing in another big-time match here. Yep. And with Brock Roman set, I think it's going to be tempting for WWE to maybe rewrite history. To do it again? But I don't think they do. Um, okay. We're actually different here. So mm-hmm. I think Seth wins 100%. I think... He still has a briefcase. Like you said, Cody comes, wins the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes faces Roman at Mania. <gasps> Cody I know wins, what you're doing here. And you do Moose, Josh Alexander's spot, where Cody, you know, he's all emotional. He gets, the, you know, he has the title. Cue the music. Rollins comes in, takes the, uh, takes the title from Cody. And then you do one or two more matches after that. Maybe one, just because we've seen it so many times. But that's just a, you know, you mm. could do Dylan's, you could do mine. Either way, Seth's going to win. Um, yep. I, I don't, maybe they do Rollins, a face Rollins versus Roman. I don't know what they're going to do. But with the current state of WWE, I don't expect anything too creative or anything like that. All I know is Rollins is going into Vegas and coming out with correct the uh, with the contract. I'm yep. cheering for Drew. To me, Dylan, it's pretty predictable. Yeah, and in this case, I don't think predictability is such a bad thing. Rollins needs the win the most. Um, and the reason why I, I laid out the plan the way I did is he's coming off of three straight big losses. Two a big name, but big losses. He needs a big win, so give him the briefcase, right? Mm-hmm. And let him go on a great run where he's, he's seemingly dominant. So he's got his mojo back. He wins the title in September at Clash at the Castle. Feuds with Drew, which will be a you know, great match at the great match. Maybe give him a couple one-off feuds with some other people, but let him go on this nice heel run and then have his kryptonite return and beat him at Mania. So you could play into the role of Rollins gets his win back, goes on this great run, but Cody Rhodes will always be Seth Rollins' kryptonite, where no matter how great he is, he'll never be at that level. I think it makes for great storytelling. And as much as we've been harping on seeing the same match over and over and over and over, the reason why we're harping on Becky, Bianca, Brock, Roman – Oh, we've seen this match so many times. Why are we seeing it again? Because they're not on the level of Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. Yeah. I think I can speak for you as well and most people. If we got a fourth match between those two, but it's next April, so we're talking almost a year away, 10 months from now, would we be mad about that? Probably not. And you get it for the title this time, so it's not just three grudge matches. You have something important on the line. That's why I laid it out the way I did. But your, just, your way works great. Regardless, we're both predicting that Seth Rollins becomes the biggest heel in wrestling. I just don't think Roman loses it that quickly. I think he has another 200 days. Um, <sighs> I and hope then, not. And then, you know, he's, he's in the 900s. That quickly? Bruno. I give him till September. Yeah. That's so three I, months from now. Ugh. I hope he does not hold it till May. And then I, I, think he, um, I think he holds it till uh, April. Ugh. So uh, that, that's how I'm saying it. And really, how are you not going to have Cody beat Roman? Seth? You know what I mean? Oh, Cody beat Roman? 
Yeah, no, so Cody... you're gonna give you're gonna give Romy Romy. You're gonna give Roman Dwayne. No, no. I'm gonna pass away if Roman holds the belt till Mania. I think he is. I, re- is I really straight up think he is. Straight up, you're gonna be reading my obituary. Anyway, so anyway, we both have Seth in the men's. Dylan has Raquel, and I have Becky in the yep. uh, in the women's uh, match there. But uh, Dylan, that's it for the Money in the Bank talk. Um, we're going to go straight into the Dummy Yab Moment of the Week. What you got this week? Uh, so I'm going to cut right to the chase. Um, there is a post-Smackdown show that's called Talking Smack, right? Yep. Well, it's no longer called Talking Smack, Kyle. It's called Smackdown Lowdown. <laughs> <laughs> what? I think, yeah. I think the idea of having a post-show for WWE, I, I, I don't watch it. Like, it's no, not something that's really worth watching. It's just a recap show, basically. But they definitely try their best to tie into what the NBA, and NFL, NHL, MLB, like these post-shows, post-game yeah. stuff. I'm okay with that. And I thought the Talking Smack name was actually pretty clever. Hmm. Because they're talking about SmackDown, Talking Smack. Made sense. This is stupid. This is this is dumb. This oh, is yeah. dummy. Yeah. Stupid. Smackdown. Lowdown. That's the name of the new show now. Dumb. That's all I got. Yeah, that's <laughs> dumb. I, that makes me mad to even think about it. So yeah. uh, my dummy MO of the week goes to AEW. Dylan, there was something that happened on Dynamite that was so terrible, I wanted to save it for this. So Wardlow had a 20-on-one match <laughs> versus the AEW security to get yeah. out of the case conducted by smart Mark Sterling. Yeah, he wanted to get out of this, court. This is one of the worst things that I have seen. It was such a joke. First of all, most of the guys didn't even have their shoulders on the mat, and they were just stacked on each other. This was terrible. AEW also... AEW went down almost 200,000 viewers yep. from the previous week. Uh, I think Brian Alvarez had the, uh, had the report there. But, uh, man, uh, what a way to kill Wardlow's momentum. Like, th- this is just I... – Wardlow should have faced Osprey, not Orange Cassidy. Um, it- it's just – AEW just – they – I don't even know, like, the whole story is there, but the very end is always wrong. They always mess it up in the mm-hmm. end there. But uh, I, I, I could not stand that. But mm-hmm. uh, that's my uh, dummy yeah, moment of the week goes to AEW. Dumb. A lot of, yeah. lot of dumb stuff happening. I still think mine's dumber, but <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a competition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Dylan, would you like to tell everyone what we're doing next week and get us out of here? <sighs> next week we're talking forbidden door no oh, god um which was a pay-per-view that i think kyle and i were both super excited about and has since probably faded a little bit we're still gonna watch the show unfortunately we're gonna eat some tacos we're gonna do our best to enjoy it but hearing news that anyone in AAA can't compete is pretty dumb so we're not gonna get lucha bros at all on the show who else is Andrade. Andrade's banned. The Lucha Bros are banned. Danielson might not even be on the card. We don't even know about Okada. Osprey is facing Orange Cassidy. 
Who is excited about that? Orange Cassidy. Nobody. You have, and his mother. You have a top 10 wrestler going against a joke character. Really, AW? Really? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of that. However. What, a, what about Swerve? What about Swerve Osprey? Or what about Keith fun. Lee Osprey? Why can't we just do Danielson Osprey? This is hard. So, uh, real quick before we got off the air, um, Andrade Osprey was actually the plan until really? all of this happened. Um, I don't know who reported it. Actually, one of my friends sent it to me. But um, Andrade Osprey was the idea, and then they panicked and they gave it to a returning Orange Cassidy. Nobody cares about the card itself. Is not that great. Um, they ruined the tag team match by putting Trent and Rocky Romero or Rocky. Uh, what's that dude's name? Is it Rocky Romero? Yeah, Rocky I think Romero. So, yeah, um, Rapungi Vice. I don't know why they did that because they ruined a potential match of the year with. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be bad. But uh, Gretel Khan, Cobb versus FTR, and then you did that? Yeah. It's, it's, and it's just a lot of random matches. So, I'm wait, wait, wait. Are, are, they doing, are they doing like a triple threat? Or what, um, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? For what? So, is it now all of United Empire versus... Uh, yeah, so, no, no, no. So, it's, FTR, uh, so it's uh, Cobb. Ocon yep. versus FTR versus Rapongi Vice. Oh, so it is a triple threat. It's a yes, it is a triple threat. Stupid. I, oh God, it's terrible. I can't stand it. Is um, it for the Ring of Honor titles? It's for the NWG or the N. Uh, it's for the New Japan titles. Okay, because I know uh, Beretta was I talking think... about how he won another shot at the Ring of Honor titles. That's Who why I was confused. Who knows at um, this point? You mentioned also, also what, we're oh, getting Tony, we're getting Tony Storm, uh, Thunder Rosa. Nobody cares about. Go on. Uh, <laughs> you were talking about what's Okada going to do. He's been name-dropped so much on Dynamite in recent weeks and in Jay White's uh, promo after he won the belt. Yep. If you're not going to do Osprey Danielson, there's only one right answer here, right? Yes. You have to do Okada Danielson. Right? Uh, Am I, I wrong? Or I would agree with you. Um, this is real quick. This is why I think that's going to happen. Um Jay White is going to be defending his uh, his newly won title against a returning Kenny Omega. <laughs> that is what I have been to that moment. Oh God, um, that is what I have been reading. And then if Okada is good to go, I've read a possible triple threat match between Cole, Page, and Okada. Mm-hmm. I've also read Okada versus Cole one on one. So. We don't really know what's going to happen. If Danielson's not there, maybe they do Cole. I I don't know what's going to happen, but well, if and we don't even get Shingo, why isn't Shingo on the show? If Danielson's not on the card, you better hope Omega's healthy. Oh, if Omega's healthy, this is going to be an absolute disaster. Yeah, if he's if he's not healthy and they leave Danielson off, what are we doing? And Okada, what if Okada's not there? This is going to be just, I might not even go over and watch it. Anyway, Kyle and I are going to talk everything Forbidden Door next week. Yeah, I might not. I might be reading off a post. I might not even be <laughs> watching it if it gets that bad. Anyway, uh, Kyle will come over for tacos and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Then I'll be right uh, back to my. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> thanks for listening at this point. This was a very fun episode to make. Uh, but, Dylan, unless you have anything else, uh, we're going to catch everyone next week after the Forbidden Door event. And then we have Money in the Bank right after that. So, we got yep. some stuff coming. And uh, we will catch everyone next week. Some cool stuff in a few weeks, too. Uh, keep a lookout.
Yep.